You're listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderlin, New York. Now here's Pastor Sean. There we go. I have found my voice. I once was a child, and then I became a man, and I have a deep voice. I always want the sound team, like, can you make me a couple, is it octaves, is that the right thing? A little bit lower, you know, I'd like that, but that's anyway. So, um... Anyhow, so Steve, just uh, just so grateful, and uh, we'll be setting an ordination day to council, and we as a church will be uh, bringing that for a vote. We just wanted you guys to hear that. So I just, you know, God has a way of always sending churches the leaders that they need on time. Never, rarely early, but always on time, and I'm grateful, truly grateful for that. Well, take your Bible, if you would, and turn with me to the book of Psalm. We are going to start a new series today, Summer in the Psalms, and I'm excited about that. And as we kind of prayed through and thought about, you know, what would God have for us? We kind of landed on this series and just and feel like God has kind of put before us uh, just a, a time of focus. The book of Psalms is so, it's so devotional, it is so intense, it's just so helpful in our personal lives. When, To be honest with you, when I'm struggling or trying to figure things out or trying to get myself oriented or righted, what's going on in life, what's God wanting me to do, how do I deal with this problem, this situation, how do I, I'm not feeling too well, I'm feeling low, Psalms is where I turn. That's where God tends to speak. Psalms kind of gives us the heart of God. And so I'm excited to be challenging us as a church to kind of read that. In fact, uh, we're to go. We're going to be doing a sampling through the Psalms this summer. So we're not going to be. There's like 150 chapters of Psalms. We're not going to try to do all of those in 10 weeks or 11 weeks, whatever we're doing. That would be crazy. And we're not going to do one Psalm a week, or we'd be here for three years, which is great. But I'm. We're going to. Sh- we're going to do a sampling. You know, you go to the Chinese buffet. Most normal people. Don't don't take something from every dish, all right? We're going to kind of treat the Book of Psalms like the Chinese buffet. So on on our this time, but we're encouraging you to read through the Psalms on your time. So if you will read literally just a couple of Psalms, the chat the chapters are short, guys. If you will read just two of them a week on average, you will finish the entire book by this summer. And so we're kind of in, encouraging you to kind of take that summer challenge, that summer Psalm challenge, and Couples and families, encouraging. We don't do life groups in the summer because we recognize that we want to be out having fun too and we let those things roll in the fall and winter. But are encouraging families and couples and to get together and, and read a psalm a week. Just get together, read it, maybe share two minutes how that touched your heart or God used it and pray as a family and, and make that a devotion time. So we really want to encourage that, I guess, uh, that, that culture, that focus of really focusing on our God this week. So anyway, uh, I don't know, when was the last time you drove on the thruway? Have you been on the thruway lately? Some of you probably avoid the thruway. In fact, I know a couple of people like, I don't ever want to drive on the highway. and They'll go every little back road. I think the thruway is wonderful um, and think it's great. But if you've been through the thruway lately, you know that they've taken the toll booths out, right? So, and then some of the some of the places are like, what are they going to do here? This road was not designed for 55. You know, it was designed to stop and go, and and especially exit 24, just you know, up the way from here, they've been doing a lot of construction through that. I've been through it a bunch of times. I came through it, I think Thursday night. Late, they're doing apparently the construction at night because I mean the lights are on, there are traffic cones everywhere, and I'm and I'm coming off, and I'm like. 
This does not look what I'm used to looking like. Where am I supposed to even go? And I had to jump lanes and all of that. You know, Psalm 1 for us in our life is exactly what traffic cones are when you hit construction. Now, we don't like seeing those cones, right? Because it means we go slow, there's traffic, there's weirdness, like, oh, I just want to get to my destination. That's one way to look at it. Another way to look at those cones is to say, thank you, God, because I'm about to drive into an area that's a little bit dangerous and confusing right now, and these cones are going to tell me where I should go. That's exactly what God is doing for us in Psalm 1. Wouldn't it be nice if God told us in our crazy, confusing, messed up world which was the safe lane that we should be driving in and where we should go and which one is dangerous because there's all kinds of potholes and torn up and bridges out and don't go there. Well, Psalm 1 tells us this morning where the safe lane is for our life and where the danger lane is. There's a reason that Psalm 1 is the first one of all 150 chapters. It's the one that lays out for us how we in our life can pursue God, know Him, and how we can experience the blessing of God in life. Let's face it, when we're on that journey, I'm, I'm not a travel just a travel guy. I'm really not much of a, let's take the scenic road guy. Let's take the back road, double and triple our time, no bathroom breaks, and let's just, you know, see the country at 35 miles an hour. That is not me. I'm a, let's get it done. What's the fastest way we can get there and get it over with? I just want to go to whatever I'm trying to do. That's the way I roll, right? And when we read the book of Psalms, God is telling us, how to get to where we want to go. You see, what most people want in life is to live a life of blessing. Call it different things today, you know, live the good life, live the life, live it up, live your best life. Another way of saying, I just want to live my life in a way where I experience good things in life for me and my family, I want to make this way in this world. I don't want to deal with all the headaches and heartaches. I want to live life well. I want to have blessing in life. And God tells us, follow the orange cones. Or maybe the old Wizard of Oz movie, follow the yellow brick road. But he tells us how to follow that path to where we get to experience his unbelievable blessing in our life. So read with me if you would, Psalm chapter 1. The Bible says this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Notice the, the threefold. Walks, then stands, and then sits down. Blessed is that man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. I don't know anyone on this planet, at least not that I've ever talked to, that doesn't want to prosper in life. I don't know anyone who wakes up in the morning and says, I just think I want to have a miserable day. I think I want the things that I do today to just fail and not go well. I want the stuff that I build to fall apart. I want the conversations I have not to go well. If you're in sales, I, I hope that I make a sales pitch that it doesn't go well and my customer doesn't buy anything from him. Nobody wants that. We all want it to prosper. And what we're reading is the pathway to how God 
we begin to experience the blessing of God in life. He then says this, and then I'll share more. The wicked are not so. We just finished reading about the godly person, the one that's following God. But those who are wicked are not so. They are like the chaff, the little bits of plant material that just blows in the wind. They're like the chaff that the wind drives away. I want you to notice first this morning the path, the pathway of of blessing that God lays out for us, the traffic cones. God says, look, if you want blessing in your life, if you want a life that's fulfilled and meaningful, a life that, that, that experiences what God designed it to be, then pursue this pathway and avoid the danger zone. Avoid the warnings. Avoid that. It's so interesting when he, he says, blessed is that man, that man, woman, or child, any person is who he's talking about. And the first thing it says is not what we should do, but it tells us what we shouldn't do. Blessed is a person when we don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Blessed we are, he's saying, when you and I avoid the advice, the wisdom, the counsel of those individuals who are not following God. That we're blessed when we avoid that. We're blessed when we don't seek advice from them. We're blessed when we hear what they're doing, when we see what they're saying, and we do something different. We're blessed by the books that we don't read. We're blessed by the podcasts we don't listen to. We're blessed by the articles that we're not paying attention to, the advice that we're not looking into, the internet uh, guidelines or recommendations for life that we say, yeah, I'm good. I don't need any of that. We're blessed when we avoid those things in our life. You see, right off the bat, God's telling us is that, hey, gang, if you follow the ways of the world that are not my ways, you are not going to experience blessing in this life. It starts by you and me avoiding those things and even goes beyond that so we don't walk that way in life, but neither do we even stop and ponder and stay a while and pay attention in what they're doing. We don't sit there and, and dwell and hang out and, and live in that world and those who are scoffing, who are mocking or who mock God or like, oh, that Bible, that's just worthless. What are you doing? Don't. We are blessed when we make our life and our lifestyle something very different than the vast majority of the world around us. Now, this has huge implications, guys. For you and for me, it has huge implications on how we live. If you're a parent, it has huge implications on what you do with your child. I haven't met too many parents who really don't want that blessing of life of, that we're talking about this morning on their kids. They want to receive it themselves, and they want to turn around and pass it toward their kids. That's why parents try to maneuver to get into good schools and get their kids into this program and this activity and all of that. They want their kids to have that. And here God is telling us, that if we really want an overarching blessing of God in our life that brings us a joy and a peace, that's kind of, that word blessing is more than just good stuff. It, it, it's, it's God's hand upon us. 
but then ultimately that brings a, a joy and a blessing and a peace in our life. And if we really want that for our kids, then we're going to help our kids to live a different pathway, to know a different God, to experience those kinds of things. You see, this blessing that we're talking about, we're not talking about earning it. This is not, many times people get confused in religion thinking that, well, if I just become religious, if I do this, I do that, and I do that, and I do this thing, then I kind of earn this stuff. And most of the world works that way, right? You pay your dues and you get the subscription. You pay the, you know, you go to work and you get your paycheck. And then you turn around and you pay, take that money and you pay for something else and you get that. This is different. This is God blessing us because of His goodness, not ours. So these things are not, this blessing that we're talking about this morning, we just want God to be in our life and to take care of us and things to work out and, and ultimately His salvation in our soul. It's not something that we earn, but He does give us the conditions of them. They're conditional. And the condition is, is that we follow God's pathway. Now, folks, God's pathway is pretty simple. It's, you could sum it up in one word, and that word is Jesus, but the gospel, I guess, the gospel of Jesus, maybe that's three words. But God's pathway to blessing is for us to know Him as our Lord and Savior, trusting Him to forgive us of all of our mistakes and our mess in our life, and that's when we have a relationship with Him, and that's how we enter into to friendship, into fellowship with the God of heaven. And as we live out our days then God's hand is upon us. And then even, it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be difficulties in life. It doesn't mean there aren't going to be trials in life, hardships and problems and headaches. But what it does mean is that even as we walk through all of that in life, that God's blessing is upon us. That God's hand's on us. And the joy and the security and the peace that we live the life and we live the good life that God has for us because we pursue Him. So that's the negative. So it, we don't listen and follow the counsel of the world around us. We're careful when we're trying to figure out our marriage. We're, try, we're careful when we're trying to figure out our relationships or jobs we take or how to work with our kids. We're careful with where we seek advice or where we seek guidance and we align our life with what God wants. You see, the positive side is this, is we're blessed when we don't follow that way. We don't follow the danger traffic cones. Instead, we follow this pathway. Instead, we're blessed when our delight is in the law of the Lord. Verse 2, it's in God's Word. And when on His law, we meditate day and night. In our culture today, we think meditation is sitting down and emptying your mind of everything. That's more emptying than meditation. When the Bible talks about meditating, it actually means when you think about something, you consider it, and you analyze it, and you, you, you think up on it. You set your heart upon it. By the way, it's always dangerous to just empty your mind of everything if you really can truly do that, you, you can't in science create a vacuum very easily where just nothing exists. And you really don't do that with your mind very well. And by the way, the reason why meditation struggles and doesn't work in the long end, as soon as you stop, if you could empty your mind of everything, you come back to reality like that. Like you don't get any lasting peace or hope in the middle of it. 
what God offers us is lasting peace and hope in the middle of the mess, you know, in the middle of the struggle. So what God wants us to do is actually not to empty our mind. What he wants us to do is to think about, to set our minds and our hearts on the laws of God. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I didn't get excited about the rules that mom and dad made. Anybody here like that? Because I was convinced those rules kept me from having fun. You got to be in by 11 o'clock. What? Seriously? Well, all my friends are. You got to be in by. All of those rules I thought meant one thing that we did not have fun. When the Bible says that we should focus, and have a desire, have a passion on the law of God, what, it, what it's really meaning is, is that when we have a desire and that we love God's instructions to us, it's not just a set of rules. It's God taking time to pour into our life and into our heart the pathway to Him, the information of how this world works, and how we can live in the middle of it. See, think about it this way. God always gives us His words in the Bible because He loves us. It's never because He doesn't love us. And it's despite what many people think, it's never because He doesn't want us to have fun. It's actually the opposite. He says, oh, I want you to have some fun. But if you go do what you think you want to do, it's not going to be any fun in the end. It's actually going to be a lot bigger of an issue. God's laws always are for our good. I remember the day that I had to teach one of my kids not to cross the road, not to go play in the road. I was, uh, we lived, the house that we lived in was about 200 feet from the road, all right? Long way, right? 200 feet, I mean, it was further from here to, to, to Western Ave, long way away. And I remember grilling, I was making, we had at that time, I think, four or five kids, and, and I was flipping hamburgers and hot dogs for dinner, and and uh, one of my kids, two years old, had a big red, we had a big red ball. I was just playing with it right around the grill. And I'm, the grill's facing our main road. And, uh, and I remember just turning, seeing my, my child and flipping the burgers, hot dogs, and everything was good. And I look up, and my kid is no longer here. And I look where the kid is, and I see... Two little-year-old legs going as fast as they can go, I mean, probably 20 feet from the road. And as a parent, I was like, what in the world? And there, the big red ball was on the other side of the road. There was a ditch on, that ran along you know, the road, and I don't know how that ball managed to thread the needle, but it went right down our driveway, 200 feet, perfect dead aim to the other side, and I remember yelling my kid's name, and I said one word, no, because they were so young. They didn't know stop. They didn't know, hey, wait, just I'll get the, they didn't know any of that. Like, it was really simple, name, no. <laughs> and I remember the little kid just turned around and kind of looked at me, and I would thought, thank you, God, that we taught him no, that no means no. What that child of mine ran into was mom and dad's law. In their little brain, it made no sense. Ball is fun. I need my ball. My ball's over there. I'm going to go get my ball. But what I know and what you know, road is bad. There's something dangerous between you and the ball, and it's no fun to, when you get hit by a car. See, God's laws are like that. God's laws teach us the way the world works. 
You and I, as we're born into this world, we don't get it. We're like the two-year-old that we get, we want to do stuff and tempted and do all these things. And God's like, yeah, I know you want to do that, but it's not as good as you think. And it's going to make a mess in your life more than you know. Trust me. And what God's telling us is, is that we live a life of blessing, of God's goodness in our life in the middle of difficulty. When we accept and trust what God tells us, and in fact, when we find safety and a joy to understand and unpack and we experience all that God has for us, there's safety and blessing and future and hope and peace and joy in that. And there's danger and death and destruction when we ignore it. God gives us a clear pathway in life of how to make our world and what we should do. And He's challenging us this morning to to make our life built around His Word, the Word that gives us a relationship with Him through His Son Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. But what we're talking about even goes not beyond that, but it's an unpacking of that, that God's blessing on our life flows out of that relationship, throws out of that redemption, that salvation that God brings into our life, that God's hand of blessing is on us every single day. And that we experience that when we put our mind thinking about those things, put our mind thinking about God's grace in our life. Have you ever felt bad for something you did and you feel ashamed for it? And, and it has a way of just kind of coming back around to you. You ever live that with that hanging over your head, the regrets and shame? You see, what God's telling us is, one aspect of this is when we think about God's forgiveness, it has a way of letting the past be the past. Because God looks at our sin and says, you've trusted my son Jesus, I forgive you. It's over. And you can experience the newness and the blessing of God in your life today, even though you've blown it and messed up in your life yesterday or the day before. And that's only one little example. So as you and I consider the grace of our God and His salvation and all that He is, that we experience that blessing in our life. That's the pathway that's before us. It's dark. It's, it's binary. It's one door number one, door number two. And God's challenging us to do that, which, by the way, is why we're encouraging people to read the Psalms this year. In fact, there's a little schedule. You've got it in the chairs in front of you. You can see it on the screen as well. I'll email it as well. But Take that little card. If you need a reminder, stick it in your Bible. Sean, I read an electronic Bible. Okay, I'll email you something, whatever you need. But, but delight your heart in God's Word and with your family to see God's blessing in your life this year. Second thing I want you to notice, not only is the pathway, but I want you to notice the prosperity. Look what happens when we settle our heart and we value and we base our life and our relationships on those things. Look at the blessing that God brings into our life. He is like a tree. That person is like a tree that's planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. In other words, it never goes into famine, never goes into a desert, never goes through the dry season, that it always has what it needs. It's blessed. And its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they're like the chaff, the dry little parts that are left over of the grain that just are blown away. They're almost like dust that the wind drives away. You see, when you and I base our life on God's Word, when we take time to read it, 
to soak it in, to understand it, and to live it out. The Bible says is that it, we become like a tree with a stable force, and we put roots down deep into our life. And we become a well-watered tree, a, a tree that, that, that's full of life and growth and, and fruitful. The other pathway is not only not a tree, it's not even a bush, it's not even a plant, it's not even alive and green. It's just a little leftover hull that nobody thinks about, and has no value, that actually people try to just get rid of, and when it rots, it's only good for fertilizer. You see, God's comparing our life. When we base our life on His Word, there is a stability and a strength and a legacy and a, and a vitality in our life. In fact, Jesus said when, when we are His followers and we know Him, the Spirit of God lives within us, that out of us flow rivers of, of, of water. There is just such a, a blessing and life in that. That everywhere, everywhere we go and, and the way we live and in every area of our life that God's blessing settles down in. You want God's blessing on your finances? Then follow His Word and live with Him at the center of your life. You want His blessing upon you personally? Follow His Word and live what He says in your life and trusting Him. If you want His blessing in your work, your kids, everything in your life. He's telling us that this is the pathway that gives us stability against the storms, that gives us longevity, that gives us endurance, that produces fruitfulness in our life. Or we can take the opposite, and we can ignore God, not follow His Word, which is who sinners are, Oftentimes, I think we think of sinners as just the most hardened criminal in prison, the axe murderer, you know, that killed his parents, the, the serial rapist, the what, whatever, all the horrible things. Actually, sinners are just people who do what they want to do that God says not to do. People who are not following Jesus. And when you and I follow Him, when we receive Him as Lord of our life and center our life upon Him, then everywhere and every way in our life that God's blessing begins to flow. Well, Sean, I've been following Jesus for a couple of years, and I've had some really hard times, and I've struggled. I've lost my house. I've, I've lost my job. I don't feel God's blessing. Here's the thing. When you follow God in this way, it doesn't mean that every little thing is going to work your way. You and I will still walk through some difficult times. But what it does mean is that God's hand will superintend protecting you from what really could have been and from what might have been. And He will always provide a pathway of blessing for you in the middle of those challenges, in the middle of those trials. And that, that prosperity is, is that we personally prosper, that our life isn't dried and shriveled up. Our soul doesn't, you know, shrink up like a raisin, but instead is well watered in the world around us. You see, living the good life isn't, you know, snapping a picture on, that you put up on Instagram or whatever and show everybody how good things are on the outside when on the inside you're really are dry. 
living the good life is actually living this life that in the middle of the difficult things on the outside, that on the inside, God has you well-watered and encouraged and blessed. Where you step back and say, you know what, there's been some really difficult things, but wow, has God blessed me amazing in my life. That's what we should want. And that's what God, the pathway, I guess, that God tells us is with a blessing. And that otherwise, the when we don't follow Christ, we don't follow God in this way, we not only are dried up, but the wind drives us. We're not as in charge of our life as much as we think we are. Think back, some of you that have followed Jesus for quite a while may make it hard to remember when you didn't live that way. But if you've trusted Christ later, you know, in, in your life, you may remember this, but you know, when you and I are in our sin, we're not in charge. It, it, we get pushed along by the current, the stuff that's inside of us. When we're dealing with anger and bitterness and hatred or lust and all of that, and that rules our life, we're not in charge. <laughs> we're pushed along by all of our desires and the world around us because we're we're the chaff being blown around. And what God wants to do is to change our life, to give us a purpose through His Son, Jesus. And when we trust Him and receive that forgiveness of our life, that day we become a follower of His. And that day He says, okay, now that you are following me, you have taken the proper off-ramp. I want you to continue to lean in and to learn and, and value and build your life around my words because that's where the blessing comes for the rest of your life. It comes there, nowhere else. Third thing I want you to notice, and then I'm done. So not only the pathway, not only the prosperity, but I want you to notice the pronouncement. Here's what happens. This is kind of a warning shot, guys, when we don't follow this pathway. It's, the Bible's making it clear there's two paths here for us. Therefore, in verse 5, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. You see, what God tells us is, is that this pathway, these doors are so, these exits are so different that when you and I do not choose God's pathway, we by default are on the other pathway. And we're not following his exit sign that tells us the, the cones, that tells us here's the, the way to safety and life and blessing. And when we continue on that highway, ignoring that, then the Bible says eventually our life will come into judgment by God in heaven and we will not be able to stand up in the middle of that. In other words, we won't be able to say anything in defense. Some of you were probably that kid when you got in trouble, knew how to talk your way out of stuff. Probably mom and dad really knew that you weren't getting talking your way out of it, but they just were either too tired or too whatever to, to really put it to you. But what this is saying is, is nobody's gonna be able to stand up and when God's given judgment out, and talk their way out of it, 
or even be able to say one single thing, no excuse. The challenge of this is this, guys. The judgment that the Bible's talking about is future, not right now. And because of it, many, many people will put off the reality of this chapter, like, it doesn't matter, I just want to do what I do want to do anyway, because there's no consequences. These are consequences that are forthcoming, that are coming in the future. They're not here now, but they are coming in the future. You know how little kids, little kids, their attention span is like that, right? And if you're trying to teach a little kid, you got to teach them in the moment. They can't do something now, and you come back five hours or later and correct them and fix it. When they're little, they don't get it. I could have sat down with my son, you know, if we'd have gotten that ball, and, you know, two, three hours later said, so... What do you think you should have done with that ball? Do you know why? He would have been like, what are you talking about? I don't even remember. Their little minds needed immediate. Here's the danger. Most of us still are like that as adults. We need consequences much sooner in our life to deal with it. Kind of like when I finally was my shoulder was getting so bad on my arm, I should have gone there to the physical therapist two years ago. I'm like, why did I wait so long? I had to wait till it was so bad I could barely put my shirt on. Most of us are like that in every area of life, and we're that way spiritually. But folks, this is an area, not like physical therapy or not like other things. When we stand in judgment, there's not going to be a second chance. And we will not be in a spot to receive the blessing of God for all of eternity. Because that's what he's talking about. He says, we will not only not be able to stand in that judgment, but we won't be in the, among the people that God knows and that have followed him in that congregation. Instead, we will, that, those individuals will be in the way of the wicked in verse 6 and it will, they will perish. They will experience eternal separation from God in heaven and life without any eternity, existence, if you will, it'll be that bad, without any blessing of God. And so God gives us our life right now to say, guys, choose that way, that pathway. I'm laying out for you how life works. You're trying to get from here to Buffalo and you're gonna pass by a whole bunch of traffic cones or whatever. Make sure you choose the way of life to know my son and to build your life, follow on my word and obeying it and pursuing him and valuing what I say because the day is coming when you don't do that that you're going to send eternally the judgment of God and not only that, but you're really not going to have the blessing in this life that you really crave, that you desire. So choose that pathway. First time I hit exit 24 just a few weeks ago, and it just, I was trying, I was coming from the west, and I was trying, I think, go to Stuyvesant Plaza or somewhere, and there was construction going on, you know, where that truck pullout is, the tandem truck places, you know, guys kind of know what I'm talking about, the old, well, where, right where the toll booth used to be, and there was just a wall of traffic cones, and it looked like the exit to 
to Western Ave and towards Stuyvesant Plaza was blocked. And so I peeled off and the only thing that, like I got over there and I couldn't see what was going on, I ended up turning into the tandem truck place. It said like trucks only or whatever. And I'm like, I did not want to be here. Now I don't even know how to get out. Can I get anywhere do I want to go? And so I finally like, how do I get out of this place? I've never driven a truck in there. And so I found the exit, kind of circled around the clover leaf again. And I came back through a little closer, thinking I was going to have to go down to Everett Road or wherever to, you know, make a turnaround. But then I saw, oh, Western's not blocked, but like that lane to take that exit was, I mean, it was tiny. It was small. The one to take the tandem was big, and it was obvious, and I took it. So I managed to kind of, you know, sneak on by the little traffic cones. That's exactly what this passage is telling us. It's easy to take the wrong exit and to do your thing in life. But Jesus said, that's the path that leads to destruction. It doesn't get you where you want to go. It's dangerous. It's not productive. It's not helpful. But instead, you need to take that more narrow path that most people miss and aren't willing to slow down. And it's not an easy path to follow. But that's the one to life. That's the one to blessing. And that's the one you really want in your life. So folks, this morning, we're all traveling on that road, trying to live our life the best we know how to do. And we want to be blessed. But some of you need to take that narrow pathway. And you need to come to that place in your life where you receive Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. That's the exit you need to take, where you realize, God, I am a sinner before you. I am that sinner. I am that wicked. Would you forgive me and save me of my sin? I want to know you. And some of you need to take that step of faith. That's the first step of a blessed life. Many of you have done that. Most of you have done that here. And what what God's challenging us in Psalm 1 is to be careful with the advice and the counsel that we take from the world around us. It will sound good. We'll be tempted to follow it. But ultimately, God has given us in His Word what we need to experience His blessing and His peace and His work profoundly in our life. If we will but trust it and value it, and think about it, and act on it, and live it out daily. Notice he didn't say, blessed are the people who do their little daily devotions. He says, people that meditate and think about it day and night. What that means is, is that when you're at work, and you're, what would God want me to do in this? When you're driving along, and you remember that thing you did, or whatever, and you're feeling the guilt and the shame. But wait a minute. God, you forgave me. And you begin thinking back how God's forgiveness through His Son covers all of that. And you meditate and you think about those things and you talk about them when you sit down to eat. And that's the overarching governing of your life. Not your sports team, not your hobby, not your retirement plan, not your job, but is this. That's what God's challenging us with. I don't know about you, but at times, I don't always meditate like I should. Think about and I'll think about and focus on other stuff, right? You know, get on this kick or that thing, got this big thing. And, and to a degree, that's okay. 
Well, what God is challenging us is to make sure that we've integrated in every area of our life what his word says. So folks, an easy way for you to lean into that and to not coast, if you have been coasting, if God's kind of speaking into you this morning, is to take the Psalm Challenge. Some of you already have a reading plan and you're already really dialed in on that. Keep doing that. You don't need to do the Psalm Challenge unless you want to. But if you're not, well, maybe start there and ask God to speak into you and step up and begin focusing on that. You could read a psalm in the morning and read one at night or read one on your lunch break or whatever or reread it. There's a thought, wow, reading it twice might actually not be a bad thing either. But lean into it and ask God to speak into your life about all of those things. And when you and I do, we have the confidence as we live our life that we know God and God knows us and He saves us and we live with His blessing in this world and that no matter what happens in the future, that His hand's on us. That's the pathway to blessing. The world wants to, tells us to live our best life, to live the good life and all of that and live it up. And God says, yeah, you really want the blessed life, the life that's with me. And this is how you experience it. Pray with me, would you? Father, thank you for the Lord Jesus who loved us and died for our sins. Thank you, Father, for this truth that, that you shared with us. Father, I just sense that as a church, that what you're trying to do in our lives this summer is to just to, to step it up or to be refreshed in our relationship with you. Lord, this is not about legalism or rules or more religious duty. It's about simply living our life, thinking and living out all that you have for us. Father, thank you that you've so clearly given us the pathway to blessing, to have out of this life what really matters, what's worthwhile, what's going to last, and to not perish. Thank you for that safety, Father. I praise you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So guys, we're going to stand and sing one more song, our closer. And uh, whatever God has kind of been speaking in your heart today, would you just settle that in your life? Maybe you need to think a little bit. Maybe you need to just kind of have a conversation with God right where you are. That's okay. Maybe you need to pick up that uh, that hand out in the seat in front of you or on your chair and take it home and commit to that? I don't know. Well, whatever God has been speaking to you about this morning, respond to Him.